God, I bet you deserve a round of applause for that. Come on, give yourself a hand. Come on, you want you want more than that. Come on, give yourself a hand. Yeah, all right. Welcome to day eight of 21 days of prayer. On Thursday, Thursday will be the halfway point. That's the end of the day. I don't know about you, but I am extremely thrilled and excited to see what God is doing in our 21 days of prayer. about an hour every day, and it is, um, it has been so amazing, the, uh, the Bible says that where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am there, so, and when you cry out to him, that he will bring you closer, and so, it is just an absolute amazing time, you are always welcome to join us, uh, someone asked me one time about fasting, and, um, like, kind of what it does, response to them was this, uh, when I fast, uh, my God antennas, I made that word up, uh, just kind of go up, uh, my God feelers, where I can feel God around me, are, are, are tight, tightened, and, um, and the reason for that is because I've taken off the, the lens of the world that I usually look at things the lens that, that I'm looking through normally, I have to put on another lens, and by fasting, I'm naturally putting on my God lens and my God antennas, and I'm able to see Him at work much more clearer than I normally can if I'm not fasting. And that is, and I realize how crazy that sounds. Some of you guys are looking at me like, he is crazy. Um, you're right, I am crazy. is my goal for 21 days of prayer. Now, that's my goal. Uh, I want to see God in amazing ways, and I want that to energize me for my goals. I want that to, uh, to energize me for what I'm going to do, and so um, that's why I do what I do, and that's how we are physically able to fast, by the way, because seeing God work provides the energy for us to go about our day so that we don't need to tweak a thing on you if you're if you're doing a complete defense, um, then that's one thing that, that energizes you. And so much study I've done, I have so much study to do about this in the pool this morning, um, it, is, it is a thing that transforms us. And so um, if you're not participating in 21 days of prayer, um, again, uh, this is only day eight, but you are welcome to join us at any point. Um, and, and some people are fasting from social media, which we'll talk about. Some people are fasting from, from, from other things, from maybe we're doing a partial fast where we only eat one or two meals a day instead of the normal five meals a day that most of us eat, right? So, um, so, so it's just a time to, to sacrifice something and replace it with God. And uh, when we do that, I believe that um, we change. 
one thing that we're focusing on in our in our series is called uphill habits because we know that all of us have high hope for the year. Um, how many of you have high hope for 2020? Come on. How many have high hope for the decade? Yeah, we all have high hope. We all want to win the lottery. Maybe not as maybe it's not the lottery. Maybe it's not financial, but maybe it's we all want to hit the six pack lottery. Come on, somebody. I just want to wake up one morning and have a six pack. Like that's what I'm praying for, God. That's my, what my wife's praying for too. But we all have high hope for 2020. We all have high hopes for the for the year. But what happens is I'm not just going to wake up tomorrow morning with a six-pack. I need to create the habits in my life to create that six-pack. I need to, uh, abs are made in the kitchen. I know that. That's why I don't have a six-pack. Uh, I like food to eat. Um, we have to go to the gym to get those. We have to create habits in our life to, to get the results that we want. Will Durant is a 1920s uh, author, and he said this. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we re- repeatedly do. A lot of people mistake that quote to be Aristotle, which is a very Aristotle thought. We are what we, we repeatedly do. And so we realize that if we have high hopes for the year, we have uphill hopes. We have to walk uphill to achieve those. But the problem is I have downhill habits. That's why I don't have a six-pack. We have downhill habits uh, that have created the hopes that I actually do achieve, the results that I actually do get. And so we have to have habits that require discipline if we're going to achieve the results that most of us want. And so this series, Uphill Habits, we're talking about four specific habits that I believe will help us achieve the hopes that we have. I, in, in fact, I am, I am so, uh, I believe this so much that uh, I believe that if we could do each of these habits for, for the full year, our, our, our entire decade would be because one of the reasons why we fast for 21 days and we pray for 21 days and we seek God is because science tells us that it only requires 21 days to create a habit. 21 days to require to, to create a habit. And so, um, if we do it for a full year, these habits that I'm talking about, if we do these for a full year, then we'll do them for the entire decade. And we'll see God move uh, like we never have so we're talking about four habits. Last week I talked about the habit of focusing on what we do first. Focusing on what I do first. And we talked about putting God first in our lives and how that is really important because that sets the tone for everything in life. This morning I want to give you habit number two. So make sure you have your pencils, your cell phones, and your notes, however you take notes. Get ready because I'm about to give you habit number two. And it is... Control my thoughts. Control my thoughts. The former pastor that I worked for preached an entire message, and it was called "Stay Away from Stinking Thinking." So um, it's not—it's not one of those, but it's control my thoughts. Control my thoughts. Our thoughts are so important. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in the message paraphrase says this. It says, 
don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And you can follow along with all of today's notes in the YouVersion Bible app. The screen behind me will tell you how you can get there. Uh, you just go into the YouVersion app on your cell phone and go for more. Find the end and our notes are all there for you to follow along with this one. That paraphrase has a phrase in it that we have to focus on today. And that is fix your attention on God. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to fix our attention on God. That's why we pray and we fast. And that's what we do when we pray and we fast. We fix our attention on Him because our attention isn't somewhere else. That's why we do it. Here's what I've learned in my life. I've learned that what I what I starve will die. Write that down. What I starve will die, but what I feed will thrive, will grow, will get bigger, will get better. What I starve will die, what I feed will thrive. Therefore, I have to feed the attention that I put on God, and I have to give it more and more and more. And the more attention I put on God, the more my relationship with Him will thrive. But see, again, we often habit that we get the results of. And so if I want in 2020, if I want my spiritual life, my spiritual walk to grow with God, some of you, that's why you're here this morning, because you want to get closer to God. If you want your, your, your relationship with Him to grow, spend more time with Him. Focus your attention on Him. What you feed will thrive. What you starve Control my thoughts. Habit number two. So here's what I want to do today. Um, for this talk, I want to put it into two parts. The first part, I want to talk about just some things that will inspire you. And, and from God's word, I want to inspire you from it. Part two, I want to, um, to talk about the practicality side of it. I want to be practical about how we can control our thoughts. So that's, that's where we're going. I just want to your notes into three categories, three sections, if you will. Um, so first, we're going to look at God's Word and, and hopefully get some inspiration from it. I've got three points in part one. Number one is we have, sorry, everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. That's why we have to control them. A man doesn't wake up one morning and just think to himself, I'm going to cheat on my wife today. That's not how that happens. However, if that man is at work and he sees an attractive young lady walk into the, into the break room and he goes, man, she's a good looking girl, isn't she? I think I want to get to know her. It begins with the thought that 
doesn't say, I'm going to go cheat on my wife. It begins with a thought of, I want to go basketball with her. Let me go cheat with her. A thought that will lead you down that, down that road. A drug addict doesn't wake up and say, I'm going to become addicted to drugs this week or this next week. They say, I wonder what that's like. That's how you become addicted. It all begins with a thought. Romans 12, 2, the verse that we just read in the New Living Translation puts it like this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and have to change the way we think. God's process for us begins with thinking the way that he wants us to think. Our minds are extremely powerful. So every morning I wake up and I know that my first thought has to be about Jesus. It can't be about the football game that I had to go to bed at half because I get up at five o'clock in the morning. It has to be about Jesus. So every morning my alarm goes off and I do my very best to make sure that I always say, and I say it out loud, and I know it's the Lord's will. I say, this is a good day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I will put my attention on Jesus today because there are lives First thought of your day. Where does it go? Does it go straight to what you have to get done that day? Or does it go to the one that's in control of what you get done that day? I have to control my thoughts because everything begins with a thought. Number two, what I think determines how I feel. What I think determines how I feel. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Write these down. Underline them. Circle them. Make them stand out in your Bible. What is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, those are the things that I have to think about. Continue reading. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Underline that. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. Some of you are looking for peace this morning, but your mind is going everywhere that it should. Some of you are looking for peace this morning, but your mind goes back to that pain that you've experienced, that hurt that someone caused in your life. And if you're looking for peace, the Bible tells us exactly what to look to, exactly what to think about, 
to think about what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and worship and praise. Think on those things. Those are the things that you think about that will lead to peace. I love this quote by uh, author John Acuff, author and comedian, by the way. Um, and he says that the only difference between between an ordeal and an adventure is your attitude. Let me say it again. The only difference between an ordeal and an adventure is your attitude. And let me tell you, there have been some ordeals in my life that I have actually said to myself, okay, Adam, uh, the only difference in this becoming an ordeal is, is the way you're thinking about it, is the, the attitude that you have about it. So I have to know that my attitude about everything determines, determines the way that I hold up, really. And the way that I feel about it, the way that I think about it, will determine my attitude towards it. And then it will ultimately affect the result. The response to what caused the anger all begins with a thought. I had a sentence like that a lot this week. One of the things that I think a lot of times can contributes to our feelings is social media. You see, um, we often get on social media and we feel things that we didn't know we felt. My wife sent me this this meme today, this morning. I'm actually going to just read it um, to, to show you that it was in a meme. I'm just going to get out my cell phone and read it straight from it. It says this. It says, social media. And she didn't know I was going to talk about this, by the way. She just sent it to me. Social media is like looking in the fridge over and over. You know there's nothing good, but you check it so many times that eventually you start consuming things that you don't even like. I was like, I don't know who wrote that, but they are full of wisdom. It's like going to a refrigerator. You know there's nothing good there, but you start consuming things that you don't like because you've looked at it long enough. You keep going and it's over and over again. Social, so I don't know why we call it social media anymore because we call it social media, but the cause of it is not to be social. determines how we feel. What we think determines how we feel. Maybe this week you want to control the intake of social media that you do. Um, just don't get on it as often. I promise you, if you were to get off of social media, and I'm not asking everyone to get off of social media, that's not what I'm doing. I just know if you think about how often you get on it, you're going to be more productive in your day. You're going to be more productive in your day. You're going to think better things. You're going to have you're going to have things, thoughts that are more pure, that are more lovely, that are more true. You're not going to think about things that will destroy you and pull you down. I promise you, you're going to be able to change your life. My 
a timeout on social media. Um, it's it's difficult. Um, in fact, I would say that um, getting completely off of social media is just as hard as a complete suicide for some of us. A complete suicide is, is just as hard as doing a social media fast. So control our social media intake this week is, is a challenge. It's a challenge for us. Number three. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Our thoughts determine our destiny. So, uh, first of all, number one, everything begins with a thought. What we think determines how we feel. And number three, our thoughts determine our destiny. Let me show it to you in Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 6, it says this. Those who are dominated by their sinful natures think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for peace this morning, think about those things that the Bible tells us to. Think think about things in the Spirit. This is why one of the cultural values at the Refuge Church, we have a list of five cultural values. I'm not going to list all five of them. If you want to know them, you can talk to me this morning. I'll give you my Refuge um, at some time. Um, those aren't exclusive. They're available on our website. So if you really want to know, you can go to our website. But um, one of them is we will be dreamers and risk takers, not settling for our dreams and limitations. You know why that's one of our cultural values? Because what we think determines our destiny. God this morning, more than you did last year, more than than you ever have, this time next year, on January 12th, 2021, you will be further along in your walk than you are right now. I promise you that. I promise you that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so that's what we want to do this morning. We want to take captive our thoughts and make it obedient to what God wants obedient to Jesus and what he does and so that we can see God work in our lives and so I want to give you five for the second part of my message I want to give you five practical things that you can do to help you take captive every thought did you get something out of the first part did you you get something out of the first part part two we're going to hopefully give you some practical ways that you can control your thoughts Number one, find a plan to control my thoughts. Find a plan to control my thoughts. My wife is going to be so proud of me today. 
Because I'm talking about planning. She likes to plan. She likes to plan, and her plan sometimes drives me crazy. Come on now. However, I know that she's right. I fail a lot of times at a lot of things because I didn't have a plan before I did it. Did you hear that, honey? <laughs> I don't care if everybody else heard that. That was for Tanya. I know who that was for. Plan, have a plan for our thoughts. Have a plan for our thoughts. And so three ways that you can have a plan. Number one, determine now, right now. You see, I, I know that I have to make up my mind that there are things in this life that I will not do. And I have to have a plan that I'm not going to do it. So determine now that the moment a negative or sinful thought comes into your mind, you'll kill it right there. You're going to take captive that thought. If it's sinful, if it's lustful, I'm going to captivate it and I'm going to captivate it and I'm going to make it obedient to Jesus. I'm going to ask what God wants for that thought. So it can be captive number 1. So number 1, determine now. Number 2, have someone in your life that knows your secrets. I've said that before. Have someone in your life that you can tell those thoughts to. Because a lot of times I know that if I think it and I verbalize it to someone else, then they'll tell me how dumb that thought was. <laughs> you need to have people in your life that will tell you that's a dumb thought. Scratch that. You need to have people in your life that will tell you that's a sinful thought. And that thought doesn't match what God wants for you. Maybe they help you explore that thought in a way that look at scripture in a healthy way, not explore it in a, in a sinful way, because we have some friends that will help us explore some thoughts in sinful ways, come on, have people in your life that'll, that you can tell your thoughts to, number three, read God's word and keep it memorized and memorized, if you want to plan your thoughts, read God's word to help put thoughts in your mind that you know to be evil. I, I shared a, a video on my social media yesterday um, that had some, some very, very good uh, material to, to back this up. The Center for Bible Engagement did a study of 40,000 people ranging from the age ages of 8 to 80 years old. And they asked them about reading their Bibles and how often they do it. They found that if people read their Bibles one time a week, maybe that's like through evangelism, is the only time of the week that you read your Bible. Do you read it before you or do you read it during the week? And if those people read it one time, it had very little to negligible effect on their life. But if they read it two times a week, guess what? <laughs> Even three times, there's a little bit of a heartbeat. There's a little bit of a, of a positive effect. But it's really not that much. But all it required was four 
times, that's just more than half the week, if they read it four times a week, the results would spike off the chart. So Pastor Adam, what are some things that we're talking about here tonight? What, what are we talking about when it comes to what it affects? It affected the feeling of loneliness by 30% going down. It affected anger by 32% down. The feeling of bitterness towards relationships with people were affected by 40% down. The feeling of alcoholism, or alcoholism isn't a feeling, it's a disease. Alcoholism decreased by 57% in people that read their Bibles just four times. The feeling of being spiritually stagnant was decreased by 60%. But here's what's crazy. What's crazy is all it takes is four times reading your Bible and the positive side of things spike by 20%. So when we plan what we think, we achieve the habits that we're looking for. Habits like sharing your faith increases by 200%. You want to share your faith more? Read your Bible at least four times a week. Now, I, I suggest more than that. I suggest it be every day of your life. But you become so much more confident in God's Word when you spend time with Him. Discipling other people increased by 240%. Because you're confident in God's Word. Just by reading it four times. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, one of my favorite scriptures says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is a book that is alive. And it makes a difference. My wife and I were talking this week. We were talking about our, our Bible reading. And um, she said to me, she said, man, I used, I used to look at reading my Bible before this year. Before 21 days of prayer, I used to look at my Bible as a checklist on, on, my, on my plan, something that I had to do. But this morning, I just couldn't wait to get in God's Word to see what it was going to say to help me in my day. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, the Word is alive. When I was a little boy, I memorized this verse from Psalm 119.11. And it says, and I, my parents were old school, so I, I memorized the King James. So the King James says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. I've hidden my word and I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Ladies and gentlemen, my parents knew that if I memorized that verse, that my life would be set up a whole lot easier. And now there are verses that I learned as a, as, as a young boy because I chose to hide God's word in my heart. Have a plan to help with your thoughts. Have a plan. Number two, find a place. Find a place to think about my thoughts. Find a place to think about my thoughts. I have two places that I like to go, and they're not very exotic. Not everyone needs a prayer garden. That's not what I'm 
I just go to to the end of my kitchen table every morning before my family gets up, and a lot of a lot of my time with God has to do with the time. I try to do it before my family comes up, gets up, so it's uninterrupted, uninterrupted time. But another place that I go to a lot of times for my 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 thinking and my thoughts with God are the church office because it's it's on our property, it's right next door, and. Um, able to fix our thoughts on God because we're in the place that we know he's going to speak to us through. Have a place. My friend Luke has this, this amazing, exotic, I think he calls it his throne room. I don't know what he calls it. He's, he's spoken here before. Um, and every time he sends me a Marco Polo from that room, I just think, man, that'd be really cool to have a room like that. But I don't. I have a church office that is incredible and it's private and it's amazing because Number three, find a person to stretch my thoughts. Find a person to stretch my thoughts. Maybe I, I should say it like this. Find people to stretch your thoughts. Now, this is different than um, have someone that you can tell your, your secrets to. This is someone that will actually challenge your thinking and stretch the way that you think, but to do so in a healthy way. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We have to be able to confess to one another. We have to be able to take our thoughts to each other so that they can stretch us. This is why we have small groups at the Methodist Church. Now, we are in a current... Um, current season where we, we aren't meeting in small groups. However, they will pick back up on February 9th, which is Save the Date, February 9th, small groups kick off again. It's the week after the Super Bowl. And um, something that we're doing this year that's a little bit different than we have in the past is every first three weeks of every month, we do what's called My Refuge. Today is, is uh, week two of My Refuge. thinking about leading a small group, uh, that that opportunity for you to, to have the training and small group leader training um, is for you. Um, and it's the only time that we're going to do leader training before February 9th. So if, you, if you're wanting to lead a new group this year, uh, mark your calendars for the last Sunday of this month. I think it's February 26th. Uh, we will have small group leader training. We have what's called a free market philosophy of small group. Anyone can start a group, and it can be about anything that honors God. So we classify our groups into two groups. We have interest-based groups, and we have study-based groups. So an interest is something like uh, like motorcycling or, or golfing or weightlifting or, or health or fitness. And uh, those are just some uh, – we've had some of those small groups in the past. Uh, but 
study-based groups are when we actually study the Bible and study God's word. And so um, you can you can host either one of those. The only requirement is that you go through our small group leader training so that you know um, where we're going with, with the group. Everyone needs to have people in their lives that will stretch the way they think. Number four, find a purpose to land my thoughts on. Find a purpose to land my thoughts on. Ladies and gentlemen, you are never more healthy than when you think about why you were put on this earth. The healthiest thought that you can have is about why God created you. Because your thought will determine the destiny of you. Why you were created. Romans 12, 2. We've read it all. We've read this verse again. I want to read it one last time. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. We need God's word if it's going to, if we're going to be transformed. The way God transforms us is by this book. That's why we read it. Transforming into a new person by changing the way you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God has a plan for all of us, and we want everyone at the refuge to discover their purpose. That's why we do my refuge. We do this thing called core motivation. Actually, today's, and if you're interested in it, by all means, you can join us today. We talk about our purpose for our lives and how the things that are motivate that motivate us help us discover why we are put on this earth. So, um, so Ryan's going to talk about that this morning and how all of that plays into our purpose and how that plays a role on the team that we have called our dream team. Because we don't want people to serve in the area that their need is. We want people to serve in the area that they desire, that they crave, that, that motivates them. Because then they're going to show up next week and they're not going to dread what they do. We don't want anyone on the dream team to dread what they do. So dream team, listen up. If you're dreading what you're doing, come talk to me. We want you to be energized because we believe purpose that God has for us will energize us. Number five, the final point, write it down. Find a power to fuel my thoughts. Find a power to fuel my thoughts. When God speaks to you, it'll be bigger than you were able to pull off. When God puts a dream in your heart, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, this doesn't make any sense. I could never do that. But if you ask me, it's a brilliant design. It's a brilliant plan. Because God knows that we can't achieve the dream that we have that he gave us without him. Therefore, we have to rely on him to achieve it. And then we get filled with him. And we grow to know him. And we just want need to have a power to fix our thoughts on. We have to rely on God for that. But I want you to know this morning that some of you are sitting here and you're saying, Pastor Adam, I have no idea how I could 
controlled my thoughts. Because you just, you just don't understand. I could never think about God in a way that, that would honor Him. I could never think about His Word being true because I really don't believe it. I could never do that. You want to know what your problem is? I know exactly what it is. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. It says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, a lot of us think that we think with our minds, but the Bible teaches us differently. Your thinking comes from your heart. And the thing that needs to change is beating in your chest. It's not your mind. It's your heart. I know that's for someone in this room. It all starts here. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And until we give our hearts to God, it may not make sense up here. In, in fact, it probably won't. But if you can give your heart to Jesus, I promise you, he will change how you think about his word. He will change how you think about Jesus dying for your sins. He will change about the way you think about life. He will change the way the way you think about your purpose. He will change the way you think about the way you do your life, the way you do your day. But it starts in your heart. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. I want to remind you that our prayer team is always at the front after every service. If you have anything that you're carrying, we never want anybody to carry a burden alone. You can also write your prayer request on our connection card, and we'll pray for you this week during our 21 days of prayer. Maybe you just need to talk to somebody this morning. That's why they're there. But let's talk about this issue of the heart. It's real. And some of you are sitting there and you're and you know your thoughts about God aren't where they where he wants them. But that feeling inside of you is telling you if you just trust him in your heart. It's going to fix it. It's going to change it. But I know that that scares you. God is always safe. Where God really is, he is always safe. And there is no better place 
that's you this morning, I know you're scared. I know you're worried. I want to ask you, as brave as you can, I just want to ask you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor Adam, that is me. I need to give God my whole heart this morning so that he can have my thoughts. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you very much. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Pastor Adam, that's me. I want to I want to give God my heart this morning. Maybe some of you would say, Pastor Adam, I've already given God my heart, but I know that my thoughts aren't where they need to be. Therefore, I need to give him places of my heart that I need to. Is there anybody like that? Say, Pastor Adam, yes. Thank you. I see those hands. So if you raise your hand the first time and you said, Pastor Adam, I want to give God my heart. I want to lead you in a prayer. And it's not the words, it's the belief, it's the heart behind the words. Say, God, right where you are, God, I know that I've sinned. God, I know I need to give you my heart. And so I give it to you the best way that I can. I know that Jesus died for me. I know that he rose from the dead. And I believe in him. I ask you to come into my life and to save me and to make me a new creation, to help me to think thoughts about you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, I would love to talk to you outside. Also on your connection card, you can mark that down so that we can have record of it and just follow up with you to tell you your next steps. And before I get off, let's give God our thoughts for this morning. God, I come before you. And we just give you our thoughts this morning. Lord, we, some of us have already given you our hearts. But we need to submit our thoughts to you to take captive in the thought and make it obedient to you. And this week, Father, I pray that you would change the way we think about the way we live life. That we would wake up every morning and we would spend time with you. That we would wake up every morning and we would worship you. That we would wake up every morning and we would give you our attention. We would fix our attention on you, God, because you make the difference. You do everything to, for your good, and Lord, we give you glory because of that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give God some praise today. Come on.